0: J-Train, Jared Fried coming to you live from the quarantine cabin on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. We are here Monday through Friday with your emails, your stories, your questions. I say it every episode. Let me say it again. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling a friend. That's how it all works. Make your Instagram story. Give it a shot. Why not? Tell a friend, a co-worker, a brother, a sister, a mama, a papa. You know what to do at this point. The other thing you can do is go on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm putting up YouTube videos every single day. Hello, YouTube land. Hello. Wave back at me with a little comment. Touch my balls in the comments section. Come on, tickle them. Tickle, tickle, tickle. Love you, YouTube land. Listen, we're going to do some emails. We're going to do the coronavirus rant of the day, and we're going to do some charcuterie chat. at Jtrainpodcast.gmail.com. Let's get right to it. My boyfriend is going to a wedding with another woman. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Jared, feather feather, I'm a long time listener and big fan. I've been with my boyfriend for six months and our relationship has been very stable and healthy so far. I trust him a hundred percent, but recently he told me he is going to a wedding with one of his best girlfriends as her plus one. He knows the bride and groom, but not friendly enough to get an invite for himself. I've never met this girl he's going with because she lives in another state. I was upset he agreed to go without first seeing how I felt and honestly, I am pretty uncomfortable with him going to a wedding with another woman. When I told him how I felt, he said he is sorry, he didn't check to see if I was okay with it and he understands why I'm uncomfortable. He said she's like a sister to him and they have been friends for 16 years. He said if I don't want him to go, he won't but I feel bad telling him not to go to a fun wedding with his friends this is a tough one because she is right and he is putting her in a position to be the Debbie Downer that's the that's the reality he could have gone you know it's one thing to go oh my god you know I didn't really think this thing through fuck it I'm canceling that's not what he did he goes man I could see how this could make you feel uncomfortable and then just waited for her to go, ah, I don't want to be the nag. And then he goes, and if you don't feel good with it, I can stay. I can stay here with you. We can just stare at a wall all week. And she's like, you know, no, no, no. Go, go, go. Go with your friend that you've known for 16 years, but I've never met. And this friend didn't think enough of me to not invite you to the wedding. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> Women are very sensitive to how they would feel in the situation. I don't know if a guy... A guy, like, if I was the guy, if it was the, if the gender roles were reversed, I could see how the guy would be like, fuck that dude, you're not seeing him, you're with me. Like, it would be more machismo, more aggressive, more, um, you're coming with me, kid, because we're friends for this long, who cares about that loser? It sounds to me that he's never told this friend how serious you guys are. It feels like you feel this is more serious than he has told the other people in his life. And that is concerning. Because if he, you know, you write in to me about your boyfriend of six months and our relationship is very stable and healthy so far, you're thinking six months is the same as a year, is the same as two years. To him, he's, it seems like he's minimizing this to the rest of his group. Oh, it's, you know, I've been seeing this girl for a bit. It might be that, that might be how he's relating it because it is hard for me to believe that he would tell a good friend from out of state. That also, you've never met this friend, so and I know they live out of state, so that's kind of the easy excuse. So the friend has no. It seems like the friend has no idea of the seriousness of your relationship via you. Because I think if she knew that kind of woman to woman, she would go. Ah, she wouldn't even invite your boyfriend. She'd be like, I right, listen, I'm gonna stay away from that. Feels like I'm. I'm creating a problem where a, crea- where a problem doesn't need to be created. So, again, I think the, the first inclination is to go, that fucking bitch, She's trying to steal my guy from me. And it's like, your guy isn't that great. The more realistic thing is that your guy isn't letting this friend know that he's in a serious relationship, and that's what I would question. So, I don't know, what do you do? You, I, I would more question, like, Hey, I I, listen. I understand you. I would want to get to know the friend more. I would want to know. I would want the friend to know that we're serious. And does the friend know we're a serious relationship? Does the and this is the, the, I don't know really what you do, but I do know that's what I would question. Does the friend know that we're like in a six month relationship? This isn't just a hookup. This isn't just somebody that you met off of a dating app. I'm I'm more than the hookup. I am something real and. I think she wouldn't be as pursuant of him as a as a wedding date as a friend in that in that scenario. J Train Podcast at Gmail.com. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. Bumble matches. Hi Jared. Featherest of feathers. Question about my matches on dating apps. I feel like I match with a decent number of guys, but the percentage that actually writes back when I initiate a, a message is like fifty percent or less. Are guys just blindly swiping right on practically everyone? Yes. Sometimes it surprised me when I match with a guy who I would honestly say are way cuter than me, but then I don't get a message back. That's what leads me to believe they're kind of just matching with everyone, but then when you actually message them, they decide they're not into it. I don't think my initial messages are bad. I try to follow your advice and connect with the first message that uh, was something interesting about their profile. I try to make it fun and lighthearted to start. Yeah, uh, this is the reality of Bumble. And this is kind of why I've always said, Bumble, you have to understand, marketing is not, marketing is about getting you to buy in. It's not about making your life better. Marketing is trying to sell you on a product. Bumble has done a great job at selling women on a product that is from a feminist, a dating app that is for feminism and it's the women talking first and let's go get them girls and we're all going to put on the red bandana and make, you know, strong arm moves. But Bumble, in its reality, and, and listen, to defend Bumble for a second, the app is pretty good from a protectionary standpoint. You can only have people speak to you You can only have the garbage flung at you that you've somewhat allowed in with a swipe. On the other ones, you know, and a message. So like on any other dating app, if you like someone or if you swipe someone right, they can just message you, just hurl garbage at you. At least... With Bumble, I understand that for a woman, it's nice to have the added layer of protection where I have to talk to the people first that I will allow to talk to me. I do understand that. The problem becomes um, it's you've you've uh, for men. The reason why men love Bumble is because you narrow where the blow job is coming from. So if I match with ten girls on Tinder. I can talk to all 10, and I don't know which is going to come back. And a lot of men are just used to being the ones that are told to pursue. How many times growing up have all men been told, be a man, go talk to her? So we're all kind of callous to the no. We all kind of don't mind hearing a no over a dating app. When it comes to Bumble, if I swipe right on 10 and I get 10 matches and only three talk to me, those are three that like me a little bit more than the other ones. Now I have some answers to my questions. Now I know, okay, those three that talk to me like me more more likely to go to hookup. This is a very disgusting way to talk about this. I understand, but I'm just letting you know, as the listener, why you're getting a lot of matches because the guys are saying, Let me, I'm gonna swipe really loosely because. I know I'm going to get less people talking to me than normal. And then I get to make the choice on which, you know, so let's think of the numbers. You swipe right, you match with 10, three talk to you. Now you get to go, well, those two are the one I like. Now it's two people focused. You get to focus on those two as a hookup person. So why are you not getting guys to talk back Listen, you're a great person, I'm sure. You're a worthy match. This isn't to say you're not a worthy match. It's to say these men are playing a game that is directed by their penis. So, if they if you come in with a as you said, a personalized opening message that's fun, and they look at you, they go, uh, oh, it feels serious. She feels si-. you know, they're they're kind of just sitting there wait it puts you in the driver's seat. Uh oh, nah, that's a serious message. I don't know. She she looks like she's gonna want to introduce me to her parents. Oh, that's just a high sexy? I'm gonna answer her. So I would under I understand what you're asking. I would also consider this a win. If they won't even answer back, it's not even like they're gonna try and date or be serious. So get away. It's fine. J Train Podcast at j train podcast at gmail.com i owned my i love you now what so i kind of have this uh this thing that i've said on this a lot of times where it's like you want to say i love you fucking say it you go and you fucking put it out there and own it don't say i love you to get i love you back own that i love you and that's okay Jared, long-time listener, first-time emailer here. I sat front row at your live taping here in Denver two years ago. I love Denver. I tell everyone about both podcasts, and I'm a Patreon member. Oh, thank you so much! As I love this. A Patreon, if you don't know, I'm answering. I'll answer your questions for realsies over Patreon, and there's two extra podcasts a week if that's what you want. Patreon.com/slash Jared Fried. I've been dating my boyfriend for six months. I'm 30, he's 34, and a few weeks ago, I told him I loved him for the first time. He was not ready to say it back, which I assumed, but I wanted to tell him how I felt anyways. I'm very happy with my decision to tell him. Good for you. Even though he hasn't said it back yet, he has been showing me in other ways and has, been re- and has really been an even uh, better boyfriend since I confessed my feelings. He has a hard time expressing his emotions. Yes, don't we all? Uh, my question is this: Is it okay to tell him I love him at the end of a phone call, before bed, etc., before he is ready to return the sentiment, or should I wait until he's ready to say it back before I start mixing it in there, here and there? I don't want. <laughs> I like that she talks about uh, I love yous like it's like 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 it's an olive. Should I mix in some I love yous? Uh, you know, how about some I love yous on the salad? I don't want him to feel pressure to say it back, but I often find myself biting my tongue when I'd rather be honest and say it when I feel it. Be- uh, basically, should I keep owning it and expressing it until he's ready or wait patiently? How do you and Jess handle this? How did you and Jess handle this? Well, you know, thinking back to Jess and I, um, she was the first to say it and owned it, and I, you know, love that about her, and I, you know, got there. I, I think... Owning, saying what you feel at every moment is the way to go. I know that's easier said than done, but blurt it out. Sing it from the rooftops. I I think, like, say it when you feel it. Don't say it as, like, a performative thing. Don't, like, I I think when, if you start saying it just to say it so you can, like, I love you. Where? where, mm, 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 Waiting. Waiting. Like, if you do it like that. Uh, you can tell, but if you're saying it in, uh, you know, with truth and honesty, go for it. Own it. You love him. Good for you. He'll get there. Fuck him. And this idea of like he'll run away from feeling pressured. No, he'll run away from not feeling the same way as you. So I understand what you're saying, and I, I think the the planning of it. I love you. Should be like sneezes. I love you. I love you it's it's bodily it's reactionary it's 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 and I know that again that's one of those things that like you know they come as a, like like a blank like a cough it's a bodily function and the minute you get into planning it and counting them that's the minute you're you're faking them and you're just doing it for something in return so keep owning it keep owning your feelings that's your standard that's where you lie that's okay Train podcast at J jtrain podcast at gmail.com brother's girlfriend talking shit about our parents I moved back to my home state after my grad school transitioned to online learning and I'm staying at my brother's house that he normally shares with two roommates the roommates have all gone back home so my brother's girlfriend has been living here since quarantine started I'm 25 they're 23 and have been dating for about a year Spending more time with her has made me realize that I really don't like the way she talks about my parents. For example, she referred to my dad's house as spooky and said she would ne- could <laughs> refer to my dad's house as spooky and said she could never live in a house like that. He has a few taxidermy animals on the walls, and I get that sounds a little weird, but we're from a rural town where everyone hunts. She has also gone on a few rants to me and my brother about how her mom is crazy. I've noticed this before when she's been at our house for holidays, so it's not like something new that started because of quarantine frustration. I know my mom can be a lot, oh, I've noticed this before and she's been at our house for holidays, so I know it's not something new. Okay, so she's been saying the mom's crazy and saying the dad's house is spooky for quite some time. It's even before quarantine. I know my mom can be a lot sometimes, but she's no crazier than any other mom. But of our parents work, both of our parents work extremely hard and are constantly doing things for my brother and me. I try to defend my parents as nicely as I can, but. I am getting really tired of it, especially because my brother doesn't seem to be phased at all. How should I address this? I feel it would be better to talk to my brother about it since we're pretty close, but I don't know how to bring it up. Is it possible that she doesn't realize how rude she sounds? We're all living together now, so I don't want to make anything awkward, but I also don't want to end up snapping at her when I finally had enough. Thanks for your insight. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on this. So I have a few thoughts. I think what she's saying is... Isn't really like shit talking to me, you know. To say the house is spooky because there's taxidermy, not a. To me, I from as a someone who doesn't know either party, that's like a. I could understand that. To say your mom's crazy as a a daughter dating a man, the the mom of of a of a of a son is always going to seem crazier to the girlfriend than it does the daughter. So, if you know your mom's a little crazy because moms are crazy, she's seeing it from a different angle which is I'm dating your son. So she's getting a different version of crazy from your mom that you would not be privy to, which I'm not absolving her from talking shit, but I can understand where that comes from. I can understand Here's what I also understand. You've been you say you notice this before quarantine. I think also the quarantine can give her a false sense of comfort with you and the brother, since you guys are all shacked up together. So it makes total sense also that where I think, you know, if I can, if, if you'll allow me where your email, um, I think this is more, she's too comfortable with you And more comfortable with you than you are with her. That's my assumption. Because what she's saying isn't that crazy. Um, You're getting a little sensitive, which is okay. I I, I can't tell you how to feel, but that's how you feel. But to me, it's coming off like you are upset that she is speaking up without being asked to speak up or doesn't really have the right to these comments yet because she's an outsider from the family. This is all stuff I can totally understand. Like I have a mom who's crazy, and is I, I have the same protectionary thing with my mom that you have with yours because my mom is, um, is definitely a louder character, and I love her for it. But I do notice that when people, um, you know, confide in me about how crazy my mom is there's a thin line between, I I get, you know, there's a thin line between, and not to say there's all these people talking shit about my mom, but some people, when they come to me about my mom, it is as if they've never seen anything like it. And they're, oh my God, it's as if my mom walks into Dunkin' Donuts, takes a dump on the floor, and is like, clean it up, boys. Like, it's not that. But the way they're acting is so... Oh my god! I can't. But your mom. Oh my. Oh. 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 And it's like, why don't you fucking relax? It's a mom. She's doing mom shit, and maybe hers is a little bit louder, a little bit more fun than yours. But it's not her being insane. So I do understand the sensitivity part because I have a thin line for that too, where I just get a bad uh, and sometimes a bad feeling about it, and, I, and sometimes in my the way I rationalize it is oh they they have insecurities like sometimes it's you ever see someone that like um is embarrassed of their parents. this is separate from my mom, but you ever see someone get embarrassed of their parents, and the parent is like just being fun and awesome, and you're like your embarrassment of the parents shows me your insecurities, not their craziness, and some of that could be this where she's insecure about. You know, in herself and her family, kind of acts like, you know, very, you know, everything's bottled up, and your mom is an emotional person who's sharing that with her, and she's not used to that. So she takes that discomfort with this type of person out on you to talk shit about it. So this is all to say, I think this is a miscommunication of comfort and um, her insecurities. And what I would say to you is, Try looking at it from that angle before going to the brother. I I know try looking at it from this is the angle of her insecurities around your mom and someone who might be a little bit more open than she's used to. And it makes her feel uncomfortable because that, you know, when people have all vulnerability, the most people who hide their vulnerabilities get the weirdest. So and also try to see it from the perspective of like she's trying to like level with you because she's an outsider and she's trying to get you on her side to try and get people that she doesn't really know more familiar. And her familiarity is built through talking shit about people that she thought was okay to talk shit about. So I would say try to change the perspective on how she's doing this and the reasons she's doing it. And, if you, and at that point, uh, then you go to the br- – and if it gets, keeps getting worse get, get, and it's beyond just spooky and crazy mom stuff, you go to your brother and go, hey, what's her problem with mom? It seems like, does she have a problem with mom, or is this just like, and I, I would ask in that way. J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com. Listen, we're going to do some coronavirus rant of the day. We're going to do a, uh, do a uh, charcuterie chat. Let me start. We are sponsored. This podcast is sponsored, baby. Uh, every week we're sponsored. Hello. Let me just, if these people, if these companies can help you, then you use the code and you help me. There we go. Hello Tushy, oh my God, the bidet, love a bidet, I, I, I'm 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 hooked. I can't I can't shit anywhere but home. Hello, HelloTushy.com/jtrain for ten percent off. Figs, figs, it makes comfortable scrubs. They're so good. I love fig scrubs, and uh, and they're 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 just they're they're sporty, stylish. They're great. If you know anybody that's working um in in nurse, health, doctor, vet, whatever it might be. You get 15% off at wearfigs.com. Use code JTRAIN15. Magic Spoon, uh, zero sugar, 12 grams of protein. Get free shipping, 100% satisfaction guarantee at magicspoon.com slash JTRAIN. Delicious. Uh, the, the cocoa one is delicious. Express VPN, protect your privacy online. Watch streaming services anywhere in the world. Three months free at expressvpn.com slash JTRAIN. I love v- uh, Express VPN. Get involved. Let's do... Coronavirus rant of the day. Hit the music, Shelby. Today's coronavirus rant of the day is user-generated. Let me read the email. Jared, I was driving home from work yesterday on the highway. I noticed a huge black billboard uh, with white writing on the side of the road. As I got closer trying to read it, I realized what it said. It said, Really? Stay home. Stop the spread. (laughs) It's a very sassy billboard. Really? Stay home! Stop the spread! That's the billboard speaking. I couldn't believe it. Not only do I have to listen to my judgy neighbors and Instagram ranchers about how there's no reason anyone should be out, but now the highway is yelling at me. I looked to see if there was a specific ad campaign or company that was sponsoring it, but there was nothing. Just a black background with white writing. Did a private citizen shell out thousands of dollars to take their judgments to the streets and shame people for driving? How is driving your own car a reckless activity? I was out for a legitimate reason. As I'm sure most of the other people on the highway were. I think that sign is going to cause more casualties than the virus as people might get into fiery car crashes trying to read it. I'm just sick of the judgment. I'm a nurse. And if I go out, I am responsible and safe. I do not need to be lectured on the by the roads. I have to drive on. Thanks for keeping us all entertained and giving me an outlet to rant. You're doing the Lord's work. I couldn't agree more. And I don't Here's the thing. This whole thing just evaporates my favorite thing in the world, and it's nuance. The world is gray. The world is not black and white. And this person who rented out the billboard gets to say, "Really, stay home. Stop the spread." And they get to punch their punch card into the good, uh, uh, you know into the, 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 the good factory to check in for the day. They're on team good. They said stop the spread. They said stay home. So nothing else in their life is questioned. This isn't a question of stay home or not. This isn't a question of, this is a, this this, this isn't me ranting about people who stay home. Good for you, please. If that's what we're told to do, that's what we're supposed to do. But when you put up the billboard, okay, it is the easiest thing to be right about. It is the easiest, and there are people out there who just need to Punch the punch card to tell you they're on team good and you're on team bad. And what they do is when you say, stay inside, really? Stop the spread. You get to go put on your badge and no one asks any other questions. No one goes, hey, uh, hey!" Uh, 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 no, one look, no one goes, uh, they don't go, go, do you have any job prospects? Have you been looking for jobs? How are you to your sister? Are, do you have a do you have a significant other? Have you been doing well in the dating apps? No one asked that because they've already checked in a team. Good say and stop the spread. And it's like, OK, OK, no one wants to talk to you anymore because that's their story that they get to punch in with. And it's the loudest person and they are the good person and they get to. And then you, anyone that doesn't do what they say, you think this person who got the billboard doesn't talk about that? You don't think the person who created it or the person who purchased it? Let's say it's let's say it's a private citizen that purchased it. They go, yeah, yeah, I got the billboard on i nInety five that tells people to stay home. That's me. Yeah, because I'm a good person, and anyone who doesn't stay home is a piece of shit. I don't care if they are a nurse. This is a nurse too. Was that their goal? Like, like, is that that, that makes them a good person because they get to haunt people on the highway who now have to go out and work? You know, you, the hi, the hi, and putting it on the highway is such a blanket statement. You don't think there are frontline workers that take the highway? And you're looking at them going, really? Because you want to go home and tell everyone that you're the person that tells people to stay in? No, you're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit that no one has to answer to because you're the one going, you're the one walking in the room going, I'm good. I'm the good one. And everyone else, now they get to fall in line or they're out. No gray. Nobody going on the highway to work. Because they have to To feed their fucking kittens The nurse going to save lives Now has to go through Has to be reminded Every time they drive to work That they're walking into a death zone Thanks buddy That's today's coronavirus rant of the day You can send in yours To JTrainPodcast at gmail.com JTrainPodcast at gmail.com Those are great ones sent in Let's do charcuterie chat Hit the music Shelby Today's charcuterie chat Is also user generated It is, And the charcuterie chat is about... um, Let's read it. The charcuterie chat is... Bloody Mary garnish. This is a little different, and I like it. J-Train, in recent years, our brunch tables have been piling higher and higher with increasingly absurd Bloody Mary garnishes of the type pictured. And I'm going to show the picture. And in the picture, you can see... um, That is an onion ring. I think that's bacon... Uh, there's a shrimp on there. I'm going to show some others as well. This one has shrimp and bacon and, and tomatoes and mozzarella. This other one has, uh, has burgers and hot dogs and a shish kebab. I mean, we've lost fucking control. This person is exactly right as restaurant managers and brunch hosts have become more social media savvy the competition for best bloody mary has become a nuclear arms race of garnishes involving tiny hamburgers tacos waffles etc and which are seemingly made for more for instagram more, uh, more than the guest i I shouldn't need an entire dinner plate for my drink's garnish. Still a celery stalk or lime wedge feels a bit too minimalist. Is there a science uh, to the perfect Bloody Mary garnish? Am I wrong to cast a judgy side-eye when the garnish is taller than the glass? You are completely right, sir. I am could not agree more. The only reason, if you have ever had these Bloody Marys where it has the huge uh, fucking... The huge buffet on the top of it, and and have have you tried the food? I have. I've had the hamburger because I'm a big fat idiot. I've had the hamburger. I eat the shrimp and it's disgusting. It's cold. It's not even well seasoned. It's got shit all over it. None of the veggies, they all seem flimsy, and you sit there and you're like, how do I even drink this? And you know what the worst part is? There is no incentive to make the, blood, the actual Bloody Mary good. If the Bloody Mary can be some fucking bullshit mix from the back of the bar, they don't give a shit. Since they've made this huge arrangement, this huge edible arrangement on the top of the fucking Bloody Mary, now they're absolved of having an actual good money Bloody Mary. The best Bloody Marys are the ones that are made with love, that have a little bit of... Uh, A little bit of crab in it and have like, you know, the, the, the Clamato juice and has the, and has the, uh, not crab. It has the, um, yeah, crab. It has like, uh, and it has, uh, you know, the, the, uh, what's the, the name of the, that comes in the cocktail sauce? The one that come, I, I'm searching for the name. Oh my God. Cocktail sauce. I'm, this is awful. It is... Uh, I'm so mad at myself. Horseradish, when you can see the flecks of horseradish inside of the Bloody Mary, that's what you want from a Bloody Mary. But all these people just put a tomato juice with vodka and then they make this huge arrangement on the top and they think they're done because they got a bunch of likes on Instagram. Oh my God, And what's next? Oh my God, a lobster on top of, and it's, oh, they have a full lobster, and it's alive on top of the Bloody Mary! Oh my god, look at how good it is. No, it's not good. I'd rather have a good lobster and a good bloody mary than have a bloody mary with a lobster on top of it with a fucking fork through it so it fits. I want one piece of cold, hard, crunchy celery, uh, maybe a carrot and in a piece and a nice lemon wedge and then a good, well thought out bloody mary. Not one that took second ba- that took the the the, the the supporting role to a fucking buffet. That's bullshit. That's today's charcuterie chat. You can send in yours. That was a user-generated one. Thank you. podcast at gmail.com. podcast at gmail.com. That's today's episode. We'll be back next, next episode. Boom!